TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. We're glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist in the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGianato. Mark, good day, sir. Well, here's my question. If you're a Green Bay Packers fan, are you happy about what happened last night? Aaron uh, Rodgers. Judging by, that, judging by that video of that Milwaukee sports bar from last <laughs> night, yeah, they seem to be pretty happy. Yeah, but was that karma, though, that at the end of the night, they was that the bar I saw that... They were offering free food if the Jets lost last night. Did you see that? No, there was like a reaction video. Oh, reaction video. Okay. Well, there was also another bar, I believe it was maybe in Green Bay, um, that was offering um, free food if the Jets lost. And everyone, like, you know, made um, – yeah, it, it was in Milwaukee. Um, and it was free drinks mm. if the Jets lost. And uh, – the, the video of the people in that restaurant watching the punt return touchdown walk off pretty was, good. was pretty good stuff. And I just kept going. I wonder, I had not seen a reaction video of people. People were cheering him getting hurt. I'm not going to put words in their mouth, but they certainly seemed... Uh, they seemed happy, not sad. It was unclear if... It was they, neutral, even. It was unclear if they were cheering the sack. You know what I mean? Like, that is kind of the other thing. Like, because... If you were watching in real time, because I don't know if last night if you got to watch live. No, I, di- I didn't see the injury live. I, I, I sort of joined. I watched the second half so, of the game. But I obviously, in the moment, you know, yeah. checking. You couldn't avoid it. Like, honestly, even just right. checking my phone for a second, well, that was the thing that came up. 
And Rogers to be clear, so I don't know. I don't know what Buck and Aikman said because I was watching the Manning cast. I saw the replay of them. They were stunned. So, but like when it first happened, mm-hmm. it just looked like a run of the mill generic sack. Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of staggering around, and then he goes down, and. Eli and Peyton basically spent like, I don't know, 30 seconds trying to figure out like, is he really hurt? whatnot? Because mm-hmm. Peyton even said, you know, there's a special ointment for this. Because it seemed like Peyton just kind of thought like, I oh, twisted his ankle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, go get the needle. Yeah. Or like maybe he'll be out a couple weeks. Correct. And then as as the cart came out, as yeah. you saw, as you saw the reaction from Sala, when you saw the entire sideline. It then became clear, oh, this is more than just like a ankle. Well, that's a good way to set up. It's Tell the Truth Tuesday, and I think my first truth, and we can debate it here in a second because we've got a big show I want to set up, but my first truth would be I feel like this is going to be a memorable moment in NFL history, like this specific injury, given the buildup to this his stature, going, leaving Green Bay to go to the Jets. You think, you think your media brethren are going to learn a lesson? <laughs> We'll see. Uh, but it's Tell the Truth Tuesday. We'll talk about that. Also, Laird Veach, I think, with the strongest words so far. I mean, I'm not saying it was necessarily the – like strong. I would say strongest words on the whole stadium situation thus far from Memphis officials, wouldn't you say, last night on the uh, Ryan Silverfield's coaches show? Yeah, I'd say that. It was, a, it was a very strong statement, particularly for someone in college athletics, a world where strong statements are very rarely given. And a guy who Unless has, doesn't State. have a history of, you know, he's kind of, yeah. he doesn't say anything that's bad. He doesn't say anything that's like, you know, contra- he doesn't say anything controversial one way or the other usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and even better, we can ask him about it because he's going to be on the show at 240. Uh, Laird Veach, the Mem- University of Memphis Athletic Director, will join us. We'll talk to him about the status of these stadium renovations at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Uh, about conference realignment, what the AAC is doing, um, what Mem- how Memphis felt about the whole SMU Army stuff that's out there. Um, also, uh, you know, big game on Thursday night at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium against Navy for the Memphis football program. So lots to get to with Laird Veach later this hour, 3 o'clock or so. We will get into the list, and I'm sure we will talk uh, some more NFL college football in the aftermath of uh, – Eventful week two. Not the greatest football games, but eventful week two, right? Wouldn't it wouldn't be that how you'd sum it up in general? Kind of the cherry on top being this Rodgers so injury. Yeah, but that's week one of the NFL. This is yeah. now we're I mean, getting week into two of like yes. football in general. Football, football being back. back. Are you a use the college weeks or NFL weeks guy? <sighs> I always have to distinguish. I say it's college week two, NFL week one. Can we set a new standard of just week two of like primo college of primo football watching? Well, that's college football. That's that. That's that, that's the CFB calendar. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's like week two slash one, right? In the have to do it. I ultimately. mean, to me, it's the reason why I use the NFL calendar more than anything is it's the first weekend of total football. Total football. Okay. Yes. Fine. We, week one, but we'll we'll dive back. We'll we'll look ahead to week two of total football and uh, and all that. So lots to get to. Let's start with Rodgers, though, because the news is out now. I, I guess it hasn't been officially announced, but through no, sources. Us, no, us, they, they, oh, they, have, they announced the MRI today. Okay. Um, the, the MRI confirmed. Yes, he is out for the year. He's out after five plays, right, for the New York Jets. Um, 
And yeah, I think it was five plays, four passes. I think that was the. It does feel you know it was the shortest. It was the shortest amount of time for a starting quarterback to get hurt in game one since well, Vince Magic and Brady. When how quick was Brady? I remember fifteen that plays. Brady was fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Both, Vince Magic Vince last Magic, year was pretty quick. I think it was fifteen. Both were fifteen plays. They okay, tied it. Yeah, gotcha. So this was this was even. And by the way, Fitz Magic delivered on the Manning cast. Mm. He was fantastic. He was good. I caught him. Commander's late. great. I I saw it. So I only turned on the Manning cast for like the end of the fourth quarter in overtime. So mm-hmm. I saw I saw that part. I turned on the Manning cast for that, but. I don't know. I this felt. I don't want to say like it, like. Do you? Well, you, you got to tell the truth. You can't do these lukewarm. Yeah. If you got a Manning cast, take fire it. No, it's not Manning cast. It's Aaron Rodgers related. Like I think he is going to come back and play again. I don't think this is going to end up being a career-ending injury. Now, will he be any good when he comes back? I don't. I don't know about that. Um, but I do think you can blame the offensive line. You can blame. I, I don't know. You can blame just flukiness, unluckiness. This is football gods, Jeffrey. That's my truth. This mm. is the football gods. They didn't like this. You don't. You don't turn your back on the Packers like that. Favre felt the wrath, and again, it's not. It's not like a Favre got back to an NFC championship no, I, game with the Vikings. He did, but not before he had a, a sexting scandal and like got. You but know, is that the NFL? Is that the football gods, or is that Brett Favre? I, no, if, here, here's, I'm going football guys here, on this if one. If you want to go down this road, here's the road it should be. The Packers protect their players like college teams do. Because mm. they're... You, you don't know what you got till it's gone. You didn't realize that, like, the Packers... Act, well, there was part of the sto- reason you didn't have weapons is because they actually prioritized the O-line a little bit. All I'm saying is one of the most fascinating things last night during when this immediately happened... Mm-hmm. One of my favorite Twitters out there, like no joke, one of my actual favorite Twitters is offensive line Twitter because really, Mark, it's just about the football. It's about the scheme. <laughs> it's about the execution. It's none of this BS of, well, this guy's better than that guy. It's it's all just about results because you know what mm-hmm. offensive linemen care about? Results. It's not about, it's either, did you get the block or did you not get the block? And I got to tell you what, offensive line Twitter, you can tell they are not big fans of the Aaron Rodgers offensive scheme. Asking offensive linemen to cut block NFL defensive linemen, mm-hmm. basically what they're saying is like, yeah, it works on paper. Mm-hmm. Because on paper, sure, we'll just cut this guy. We'll throw this quick little slant out here, or the quick out. That's fine. We can ta- we can jump off the pat- jump off the run route. It's the original RPO. Well, and I thought Aikman made a good point in that, like, half of the offense you run when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback is him just – you know he's going to change the play at the line of scrimmage, and like before now, RPO became such a a honestly it became more in college because essentially what it was was legal cheating. You got to fake run plays for like six seconds, and safeties had to sit there and and honor it, and that's how you get these guys wide open. In the NFL, though, the original RPO because you can't do that, you can't cheat like that in the NFL. <laughs> the original RPO was. Wait a minute, this run doesn't look good. That receiver's standing out there. Think about how many times you've just thought about Aaron Rodgers getting a snap and fire, like little mm-hmm. quick tossing yeah. it out to that receiver. That was the original RPO. Mm-hmm. And that's Roger, that's largely a lot of what Rodgers' offense is. Where the offensive linemen were getting upset and taken up for their brethren, 
the things that you ask offensive linemen to do in that offense are borderline impossible. Well, and and my point is though is that they probably had like you have to change the offense when you have Zach Wilson is like dramatically. Well, that was Peyton's whole thing. Yeah, they showed they didn't even know. Well, like, no, they showed Hackett like going down. He goes, "See, look, he's looking for the plays that Zach Wilson knows." Like he was just like scrolling <laughs> down and down and down. Where are the Wilson plays? Where are the Wilson plays? Now, what's also interesting about this in the aftermath is the Jets do seem to have a really good team outside of a quarterback right now. No, they seem to have the same team they had last year. Which was a team that needed a quarterback. Correct. And went and got Aaron Rodgers. They quote unquote had a really good defense. And I've liked the list of Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go get Carson Wentz. Go see how that goes. I'd rather fail with Zach Wilson than Carson Wentz if I was the Jets. <sighs> See, I think they you're... definitely put in a call to Brady today, right? I'm sure Brady said no, but you definitely have to put in a call, right? Certainly to his agent. Yeah, you got it. You have to. You have to make him say no. Brady's got to make you say no. Correct. You got to call his agent, and I presume that. Then, but then the other thing is, like, I don't know, how do you make that? When everyone does Don Yee, right? Well, Isn't that his agent? Right. Well, like my when everyone does the whole call Brady. Joel, it's salary cap. <laughs> no, it, it would be a question of yeah, will Brady does Brady just want to play? He, I don't think he does. I don't think he would do it. But you have to make the call. Sure, fine. Like, who's who's be, next on the list? Who's your next call? If honestly, you're the you know who would be second on my list, and it's like laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold. Oh, so your trade? Did he get released? He's on. He's the Niners' backup, and I don't think the Niners are going to do it because the Niners have this reality. They ask a lot of their tight ends, and there's a reason why oftentimes, like to me it's twofold. There's a reason why Kyle Shanahan's offense, when it's clicking, it looks amazing and it looks unstoppable. There's also a reason why quarterbacks get hurt. They ask guys to make blocks that oftentimes they can't do and it leaves quarterbacks vulnerable and they get the crap knocked out of them. Is it So if you're the if you're the Niners, you can't take that risk. Is it is it Nick Foles? That's who it is. That's who you're is going. Is Nicky still in the league? I mean, he's available, so I don't know if that means he's in the league or not. Because, like, the names on this list I'm looking at right here. Matt Ryan, who's calling games for Fox. Matt Ryan's still taking 28-3 to shots from Andrew Catalan. Car- Carson Wentz. Ugh. Um, Ugh. Is Colt McCoy, did he get picked so up? So, McCoy was the next name that I figured, because I don't think he's been picked up. Flacco said he, he hasn't officially retired, but he was already with the Jets. They saw how that went. I don't think you go get Flacco. The problem with Flacco is the last time we saw Flacco with the Jets, he spent the entire season looking like he just didn't want to play. Yeah. Um, you've got Trevor Simeon. We know how that goes. That you're not, you're not getting the playoffs with Trevor is he Simeon. With the Bengals. Where is he now? Yes, he's last seen on the Bengals practice squad, but has since been released. Because um, that's the other. You want to know the other thing that I kept thinking about last night? You know who else had a calf strain mm-hmm. during the summer? Aaron Rodgers. No, Joe Burrow, you mean. That's what I'm, but I'm saying Burrow's oh. got the calf strain right now. Uh, Rodgers yeah, yeah, yeah. had the calf strain all summer. Then you've got, like, E.J. Perry, who played for the no. Michigan Panthers in the U.S. Like, wait, 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 wait. Florida State E.J. Perry? Yes, I think so. I did not know that guy was he, alive. He's the only one who has. Like, if you're going by guys who have actually started in the NFL before, he's one of them on this list. Jake Luton, Luton, he's an Luton. Oregon State guy. Yeah, Luton, like uh, these are Chase no, Garbers. Luton, Luton was the. Remember when the bank, the Jags won like the first game of the year? Remember the Jags yeah. were going to be the year that they ended up getting Trevor Lawrence. 
Imagine going from Luton started again, the first game of the year, and I'd rather fail with Zach Wilson than that guy. At least you used a high Fitz pick. Magic, Fitz Magic had an unbelievable line last night where I was like, God, did he nail this? Fitz Magic turned the middle of like, it was another patented Zach Wilson running for his life and chunking <laughs> it at the last second. He goes, "You ever seen a guy that throws <laughs> forty yards and it only goes four? Like he leads the league in forty yard passes that go four go for four. Uh. <laughs> that was the other thing I noticed. Poor Jets. On, on all these, yeah, you know, we're getting a lot of Fitz Magic. We're getting a lot of Fitz Magic. Uh, he's in the because he's in the Sunday ticket ads, right? If you close your eyes, Fitz Magic talks like Jim Gaffigan. I like I noticed that the other day. I was like, wait a minute, that is that is that Gaffigan? <laughs> it's Gaffigan. Gaffigan, did Gaffigan get, get that NFL TV deal? Well, you know he played football, college football guy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, could have looked like an athlete. He looks like an offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah guess he right. looks like yeah. an offensive lineman that yeah. stopped eating. D two O lineman. Yeah. yeah. Villanova. Oh, Villanova. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Played at Nova. Okay. All those no- FCS. FCS. Yeah. Nova's, a, Nova's good FCS. No, you know who's like his actual best friend in the world is? Who? Jim Schwartz. Oh. They played together. Really? They played together. It's like what is the most intense like. <laughs> Like, psychopathic <laughs> human being we've ever seen. The other guy tells jokes about Hot Pockets and bacon. Yeah. Like, and they're, like, best friends. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So, are you out on the Jets now? Uh, done, my, right? tell the, my tell the truth is we just we just lost the most interesting storyline in the NFL. Because I... Yeah, I'm, we might have. Now, back to your, back to your Jets slander, because gather around, folks. I'm happy to pile on on this one. <laughs> Jay, I texted my J E T S Jets. I was the Jets. I was the jackass in my group text. I have several Jets friends, Jets fans who are friends from college, and and I was the jackass who who tweet, who texted J E T S Jets 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 when I saw it happened. It was bad. It was poor poor form by me. No, 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 no. No, I was I was the human being that tweeted this in the group chat. Listen, I know I'm a bad person, but these people know me well. And, of course, that is a disarming thing to say. Like, I'm going to say exactly what I'm thinking here. I found myself not having any sympathy for Jets fans because they do this every single time. They build up this insane hype train, and they never consider the possibility that this might not work. Well, the best part was, so I was, I, I couldn't, I didn't start watching the second half, and I was picking up food, uh, takeout food, and I was listening to, like, uh, to 92.9. Yeah. And, they, you know, they, don't, they had, Who like. Do have Harlan? Harlan's no, it one? wasn't the game broadcast. It was like, and they, but they had someone. The updates. Uh, the they had someone yeah. fr- who was in the building, who yeah, was in the stadium. I, I've, I've done that gig before, given, where you call in, you yes. call in it for the breaks. And Rick he, was CBS well, it was Sports. it was great because he was he was from like ninety eight seven in New York, and he he goes, you know, it has it was Ian Fitzsimmons. He goes, Fitz, uh, it had the same feel as ninety nine. When Vinny Testaverde got it, it was like, and it was like, oh my God, we got a Jets well, fan who works in the media. This is going to be good. And just we, it's a, and, and then he, in being true New Yorker form, like pumped his pregame. We had Vinny on pregame, and I and I I was wondering if the ghosts would emerge, and they did. The only person I saw, everyone's down in here. Barstool Barstool had a blogger on. They were doing a like you know a pregame like watch along, and the guy goes, "This is the most nervous I've been for." A Jets game one since the '99 season opener yeah. when Testaverde, yeah, and, and that and was, was like six plays later. That was one day later, September 12th, '99, yeah. was when Vinny tested. They had Bill Parcells. I think they were coming off an AFC Championship game appearance. 
I believe. And uh, Vinny tore his Achilles week one in 99. The other thing I kept thinking about is I have so many, like, September 11th memories of, wasn't the Monday, I think the Monday night game before September 11th, because September 11th is Tuesday, right? Nearly certain I don't it was a remember. Tuesday. I'm pretty sure it was a Tuesday. I know it was a weekday. I was in school. Well, and then it was, I'm pretty sure it was a Tuesday. Because I think it was Tuesday, September 11th. The Monday, I think the Monday night game on September 10th was like the Jets game. And the, they would show like the last time. Remember, you know, you always do that pan to Manhattan and they show the two towers. Like that was like one of the last like national moments when you saw the two towers. But it was just all the, like last night, it was just the pregame scene. There is nothing better when the NFL treats itself as a member of the military. Who would like you, when you had, like, you know what I mean? Like, flags out, yeah. like, Rogers running the flag out, and it's just New York, peak New York, and then the NFL is just acting like that they're just a member of the military. I love it. Do you know who replaced, who would you rather have? Well, first, do you know who replaced Vinny Testaverde in 1999? Was it Meyer? Yeah. <laughs> Good pull. Rick, Eric Ma- Ma- Rick, Rick, yeah, 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 Eric. That Eric. guy got more chances. It felt like he got more chances as a starter because he went to Notre Dame than anyone I can remember in recent history. He's a Dolmer. Yeah. Um, yeah, Wayne Krebet was on that team. Definitely remember that. Um, Keyshawn was on that team. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> tough tough night if you're a Jets fan. Who did they- Although, well, did the, did the walk-off touchdown, does that make it any better? I mean, isn't that like the ultimate... Like, that's great. I haven't. I don't remember, recall a walk off touchdown like that. I guess we had the the hail mary Rodgers threw. Was it on Sunday night when we against the Lions? Right, Miracle in Motown. I think it was Thursday night. I think Thursday it was a Thursday night. night game. But that's like the only other time I can remember like a true walk off. Like no, like yeah, you can seal a game and then they kneel it out. But like a true like that was the last play of the game. We won it right there in the NFL. I can't remember. Very well, you had like the fail Mary, which was a Monday night game in Seattle with the replacement refs, where you had the one guy, yeah, one guy went touchdown, the other guy went interception, and but that then, was like then they had like okay, we have to go pay the refs now, yeah, like that. that but then didn't it not count though? No, I think it ended up being a touchdown. Okay, so it was a walk off, yeah, but it was it was controversial, a controversial walk off, yeah. Also, if we're gonna do all this weird replay stuff. Yeah, getting a blatant missed like, trip like that. That seems like the most obvious thing we should be able to replay. Yeah, the, the, the did he trip him or not? Yeah, it did feel like a, it did feel like a blatant trip. Like, in the moment, I was like, "Oh, that's." I was like, I, "I didn't know what they were going to do." In for the, the moment. record, I still think the Bills were losing. Like at yeah. that point, like whatever they would have kicked another field goal game, the Jets were still going to win the game. Like, but my deal is like, do you realize now, Mark? It didn't really come up a ton on Sunday. But do you realize now, like, officials, if they deem that a player used his helmet as a weapon, either offensive or defensive, it's an immediate personal foul? Mm-hmm. Like, if we're going to sit there and act like that's a rule, I feel like we should be able to go, you know what, let's just double-check this touchdown. Like, all scoring plays are reviewed anyway. Mm-hmm. If you sit there and you see an obvious missed personal foul, I don't know, maybe call that. Jeffrey, we've got an excellent suggestion made over Twitter about our football scheduling dilemma, yes. what to call it. Andrew Chastain tweets in, and he's absolutely right. Don't make this too difficult. College football week one is just total football week zero, and that therefore from then that point on you unify the numbering. And so we're deeming 
So I'm, this would be football week okay, one. And I'm, Last week was football week zero. I'm fine with that. So basically, we're it? just going to act like week zero's. We ignore. We, it. Zero, we, we just. That's it, what we declared last week, correct. right? We basically said football season really starts that Thursday correct. of college football. College football week one. Total week until yeah, college total, football yeah. wants to make week actual week zero interesting. That's I what like we're this. going. I'm with. in. That's what we're it's going law. with. Declare it. Yep. Put it in the books. Um, but we're willing to amend it again if college football starts taking week zero. Their their actual week zero. Seriously, for now we'll just call it. I still don't think they can because it's still yeah. the Hawaii rule. Like the yeah, it's all based on I great great suggestion. Yes, Andrew Chastain, thank yes. you very much. Total you, total you week solved fo- our total dilemma. football week zero. Now, yes. if you have a dilemma, if you have a solution for the city's uh, allocation of funds for uh, the Memphis Stadium project, mm. they would greatly appreciate that as well. More important than our football dilemma, I think. All right, here's here's another thought I had last night. I think this is a truth. The Bills looked like a fruit salad last night. And here's what I mean. Ugh. You know, like when you... Eat, I don't like fruit salad. Exactly. You know, everyone's like, but watermelon's good. And then you got people like, what, cantaloupe's good? The grapes aren't bad. But it's, let's be real. It gets all mushed together. And yeah, no, no. the finished product is never good. No, no. It's you, never you good. You get the taste, the, the, the taste all intermingled. You try to start... I you, want a watermelon. And I want a cantaloupe. Correct. I don't want watermelon loaf. Correct. And you're trying to satisfy everybody. And it felt like last night, you start the game off first pass to Diggs. And that, that did not feel like a coincidence. Mm. That felt like, all right, we got we to gotta get him going early. And the, mo- the more the game played out, it felt like they're just trying. And maybe this is a Josh thing. Maybe this is a Ken Dorsey thing. It felt like you're just trying to keep an unhappy wide receiver happy. Then you've got McDermott back calling the defense. And... A guy that really was never all that great at managing a game in terms of timeouts and whatnot. That's putting him in a whole new a whole new world. Like it feels like they're just trying to serve way too many masters, and it just ends up being kind of like a crap sandwich. It's a fritz out. Yeah, it does feel like we may have. It just feels like I'm not saying the Bills are bad. It just feels like the AFC is. If if the Bills are in the NFC. I could maybe be talked into them being the second best team in the NFC very easily. So here's the problem: but they're not in the NFC; they're in the AFC, and I just feel like they're going to get you know, like they're going to be a play. They're going to be like they were last year. They're going to be a playoff team that probably loses in the divisional round. Here's the problem with the Bills last night: you don't know how much of this is a Bills problem versus how much of this is a Bills versus the Jets problem. For instance. No one was really overreacting to how bad the Bengals were on Sunday. And granted, there's a little bit, it's a little bit different scenario. That game was pouring down rain. Burrow missed a lot of camp. And we've seen Burrow start slow and then turn it on. I also think it's a byproduct of don't ever play the primetime game. Because I think... I think we would have had a much different overreaction to the Bengals if they would have played on Monday Night Football. I think it's the benefit of the old noon window. Yep. Everyone was focused on, like, don't you feel like? Ultimately, there's another game to turn to. Correct. And on top of that, like, I felt like we spent more time going, ew, Kenny Pickett. I felt like we spent a lot more on, he looks terrible, and then that became into the, well, maybe the Niners are great. It did not feel like we spent a lot of time discussing how bad the Bengals looked against the Browns. 
And Burrow has looked bad against the Browns mm-hmm. for much of his career. Since Salah has gotten to the Jets, Josh has not had good games against the Jets. So how much of this is, because I kept thinking last night, this feels exactly like last year when I was at Stadium Swim in Vegas watching. Well, and let's be real. I think the the other difference is Josh Allen is not is coming off a, you know, a year that was a little worse than the year before. Whereas Joe Burrow, but is, it re- it really wasn't. It was a playoff game. Mm. Here's the difference: they were 13 and three last year and had the best offense in the NFL, yeah. and he had unbelievable stats. The problem was the year before. Our final viewing of Josh Allen was one of the greatest football games you've ever it, seen. It feels to me like they are still too reliant on him. Ultimately, like he cannot, like he can lead you to a Super Bowl. He's good enough as a quarterback, but I don't know if he, like, I don't know if he's good enough to do what the Chiefs have basically done with Patrick Mahomes, which is basically say we can, we, we're going to go win this with whoever as long as we got Mahomes. I don't know if you can do that with with. Allen. And so, like, they, what, they have no running game. Like, yeah. I don't think you can win without a running game with him. Well, it, especially when you do, essentially. Here's and what, if he's, like, the lead runner, like, uh, uh, you know, he got hurt last year. Mahomes runs around to throw the football. Yes. Like, that's, like, he is just buying himself time. And, yes, that doesn't mean that he's afraid to go off for 15 yards. And that's when it's the most frustrating. It's like, w- really? We can't do anything? Like, that's. But he's not like a guy. You're, you're He's throwing a quick slant on third and four. He's not going to run for it. Like to sometimes me, the Bills do. To me, here's the key difference. With Allen. When he's buying time, don't you feel like more times than not, it's he's buying time, and then someone comes open for like 12 yards and a first down. Last night, it feels like Josh is just buying time so that he can chunk it deep. Well, he's got – the Bills have a lot. Like I said, I, I think they're a playoff team. I just – I it feels like they are stuck – it doesn't feel like they're better than last year. It feels like they're the same team as last well, year. Well, to your point, I think the other big problem is... I, now, how many teams can do what the Jets do? I don't know, defensively. Yeah. Because essentially, they have four unbelievable freight trains up front. Yeah. And so they just sit there and go... We don't need a blitz. Correct. Yeah. And we're going to play behind it. We're going to make you go down the field. Against that look, you have to be able to run the ball. Like They're going to have at least two high safeties, if not four deep essentially, and you got to be able to run the ball, and they can't do it. Now, how many teams can do what the Jets do? I don't know. In the AFC? Yeah. Now, now at the same time, it feels like we've eliminated one AFC contender. So now you've got the Chiefs. I know they're own one, but they're still obviously contender. It, it feels like the Chiefs, um, obviously, maybe the Bills. Um, you know. Do you have more faith in the Bills or the Dolphins? Probably the Dolphins. Because the Dolphins is just totally dependent on, like, I think if Tua can stay healthy the whole year, that's going to be an awesome team. Isn't that the most risky thing you could bet on? Yes. I My, my thing is, though, is I'm not sure the Bills can be an awesome team, even if Josh Allen is healthy the whole year. Maybe. But I feel like uh, that's how I'm comparing it. But, yeah, you're right. The, the floor is higher for the Bills. The ceiling feels higher for the Dolphins. How about that? That's kind of how I look at it. Like, I think the Bills are going to make the play, are better equipped if Josh Allen isn't in peak form to still be a playoff team. I guess this is my other question. Are we going to do this till the end of the time where, you know, Josh can take care of the football this year? (laughs) 
Yeah, Josh. Josh is gonna. Josh is gonna play smarter. And then there's also like a kind of back to the fruit salad analogy. Mark, maybe they're better off with him just playing like wild man football. It feels like at times like he's sitting there going like, "Oh, I should. I'm just gonna scramble and my instincts to run, but like eh, I don't know. I'm gonna throw it. Like but, it feels like they're. It just feels like that they don't have an identity right now. But don't you put it the cheat? Like if you go, if were to go in tiers in the AFC, the Chiefs would be in tier one in my mind. And then right below them would be the Bengals, and I think the Bengals are probably in a tier of their own, even though they look bad in week one. And then you've got this jumbled mass of, like, Miami, Baltimore, uh, maybe Jacksonville, maybe Cleveland, based on what we saw in week one, um, maybe Buffalo. See, this is my deal. I think we're overreacting to Buffalo. Like, we really are. So you think Buffalo's good? I would keep Buffalo and the Bengals on the same tier. Okay. Okay. Because that was the other thing. Like, But whereas you thing, compare those tiers, by the way, to the NFC, the it's, Bills, not even, it's not even comparable. It was very obvious to me last night the Bills had worked on a pass rush that was going to get Rodgers down. And mm. the one thing that worked against them, while Wilson is nowhere near the quarterback that Aaron Rodgers is, what Wilson's clearly better at right now is escaping trouble. And there were multiple plays last night where I felt like, well, that's a sack for Rodgers. And he kind of escapes, and even, you know, he only makes the one drastic pick. Although, the new front shoulder fade to Garrett Wilson. Yeah, that was, that like was, a, that was an awful the, pass. The only time I've ever seen that work was uh, Bo Nix, game one against Oregon, ironically. His freshman year, he threw a front shoulder fade, and it was so underthrown that the only guy that could make a play on it was his receiver. That was kind of in the same thing because White had him blanketed. But I, I still think that – I think we're overreacting. You don't, you don't think Rodgers retires, right? You, you don't think we just watched him play his last game? If I or have to you? bet – I don't. If I have to bet that was his last game or not his last game, I'm betting it was he's not gonna his last game. He's going to want to play another game. Even if it's just one more season, he's going to want to play again. I think. The problem is I don't – like what happens when he sits there and get, like he's going through rehab and he's like, I'm 40. Yeah, but that's not how that guy's wired. The the fact that he wanted to go play for the Jets showed you, like, he just wants to play. Did he want to go play for the Jets, or you want to go be a New York celeb? Well, that still won't change. Like, part of being a New York celeb, will have, that redemption arc will look good in New York City. Coming also, back. It was another, they had McEnroe on in the first quarter. And, like, and Ma- like McEnroe was just like every other Jets fan. Like, just, yeah. he was like, devastated. It, it was the perfect McEnroe because, like, you can tell whenever he's devastated, like, he just gets angry. And he was just, like, bitter about everything. You can see it all coming back. They're like, they're playing highlights of him, you know, breaking rackets. And he's like, oh, where'd you find that one? I've never seen that one before. It was like very acerbic, sarcastic. Uh, well, the other thing that happened last night, Laird Veach, the Memphis athletic director, uh, he filled in for Ryan Silverfield on the the coach's show on the radio last night because uh, it's a short week getting ready for Navy Thursday night. And I thought his his I thought strongest comments about the stadium renovation situation. Um, I'm going to read them to you, and then we're gonna we're gonna go to break because he's going to join us next and he's going to talk more. But he called it sort of a moment of truth coming up, pointing to an October deadline. Um, and we'll ask you more about this, that needs to be met by the city in terms of approval of different things in order for the renovations to go off on time uh, at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. But sort of a moment of truth coming up, and we need to demonstrate that and send the message that we're here collectively as a city and state and university, all of us, 
to support something that is this big time and this effective and this transformational for our football program. He also said uh, one of the things I've kind of struggled with is that there's been this narrative that it might have to be sort of an either-or scenario, and candidly, it needs to be both. We're at a place where we have a city that really wants to support both professional teams and big-time college sports teams, and we need to demonstrate that we have the capacity and are willing to do both, and ultimately that's what this is about. He didn't say Grizzlies or FedEx Forum in that quote, but very clearly. <laughs> wonder who he's talking about. <laughs> that's what he's talking about. We're going to talk to Laird Veach about it more next. You're listening to Giannotto and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. ESPN. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Laird Beach is the Vice President and the Director of Intercollegiate Athletics at the University of Memphis. He's kind enough to join us now. Laird, I wanted to start with this. The message all summer about the improvements to the renovations at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. We're all about confidence, confidence, confidence. The messaging's changed a little bit, so I ask you, what's changed in your mind? Well, we just we just approached a time frame when, uh, you know, the city's got some, some uh, approvals that they need to go through in order to, to push this thing forward. You know, all the, all the background stuff that needs to be done from a design standpoint and all those coordination efforts, I think, have been great and in place. But, you know, we're getting to a point here where this is going to kind of sneak up and up on us, and we just want to, you know, we want to make sure we, we, we get this thing pushed over the finish line. But I, I think it's right there. And, you know, uh, if we can get those approvals done, then we'll be able to break ground in January and get after it. You, you had some pretty interesting comments last night, uh, I found, particularly about this the way you phrased it, this narrative that there has to be an either-or and this pitting of you know, Fed, what's going on at, with the Grizzlies and FedEx Forum and what you guys need with the University of Memphis and, and the city needs with Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Um, I, I wanted you to just expand on that a little bit. Why, why has that, I guess, I don't know if bothered is the, is the right word, but you're, you're actually involved in this behind-the-scenes why has that narrative kind of, do you feel like is, is maybe not as accurate as it might seem? 
Well, it's just it's just really the opposite of what this has been from the beginning. You know, the, if um, you know, I think back, you know, all the way to you know, we went through this uh, analysis to determine, okay, do we want to partner with a city to to try to um, you know secure secure funding to renovate the Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, or do we want to you know look at our own on campus uh, uh, stadium? And as mm-hmm. you know, we, we went through you and through all that with us after after we went through our process and. That was a collaborative effort with the city to, to look at options. You know, we, we really dug in with them on what could be done with uh, with the Liberty Bowl at the time, now Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. And, you know, we, we came to this conclusion this was the, the right effort. And, and it's been that way since the beginning. They've been really good with us and, and brought us to the table. And, you know, we, we've all, I, you know, across the board, uh, made this a collaborative effort to, you know, to go to the state and, and secure those, those funds. But then... You know, also to to have plans that we all you know can agree to and and be excited about, um, and you know that. So from the beginning, it's been a collaborative effort. I I, I see no reason for it to uh, not continue to be that and to, to see it through. No, and I think it does get a little lost just because now we're trying to iron out the details that we are on the cusp, hopefully, of both FedEx Forum and Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium getting an unprecedented amount of state money. I, I, I don't think I've, I've looked and tried to find where the state has literally given the city of Memphis $350 million. Enough said, no, no, no bonds, no nothing. And <laughs> yeah, just straight cash. It's a lot of money. Yeah. It's like something historic happened here and it's just, it, you'd hate to get it all. It, I hate that it's getting muddled now and I'm hopeful there's a solution found. Uh, are you still confident? Would you still describe yourself as confident about starting this in January? Yeah, I, I really believe we're going to get it done. I, I, that, that is very genuine. I, I think we'll we'll work through these these final these final efforts and 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 get there and get this thing you know uh, broken ground and, and pushed forward. Um, and that's what you want. I mean, it, as as you said, it was it's been a been a, an incredible positive. I mean, if you think about an accomplishment for you know, the mayor, the city, um, for the, to be able to invest in, in sports venues like this. And it's been much needed, right? I mean, if we want to compete at the, the levels we want to compete at and we want to try to provide the, the experience for the people in this city that we, that we want to, that I believe we all want to, then we've got to make investments like this. It's, you know, it's, it's been long overdue at, at, uh, at the Liberty Bowl and at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. And, 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 you know, really we need to do that in the FedEx forum as well. And, we're right on the cusp of doing it, so let's let's just you know make sure we see it through the finish line and get it done. We're talking with Laird Veach, the director of athletics at the University of Memphis. Laird, with the rising cost of of what it takes to build things now, one question that I've had is, I don't know, what does one hundred and fifty to two hundred million dollars get you these days? Because it, I don't, I have not seen like a clear answer, and obviously you've had you're more privy to conversations than I am. Yeah, well, and, and I think that that is part of what creates challenges when you kind of get to the finish line, is, is you get through this, these kind of processes, and 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 costs have gone up, right? I mean, that's a, that's a, that's pretty easy to to see and document. You talked about it, talked to anybody in the construction industry of what's happened over the last even even the last year, um, you know, especially the last two or three, um, it's been pretty dramatic. So so that is something we have to work through, and you know, it's not going to look exactly like what we had. You know, originally thrown out there, but that's not unusual either. So anybody that's uh, been around projects like this knows that you you sort of start off with an initial kind of master plan vision, and then you get into design, and 
you have to refine it, right? It part, partly is because a lot of the details of the design come out. Um, part of it is, you know, engineering studies and things from really smart people discover things that, that, that cost a little more here and there. And part of it is costs go up. So you have to then uh, step back and say, okay, how can we maybe do this a little differently? We tweak this and that. Or maybe you think about phasing a thing or two, right? And maybe that, hey, we, we'll push that to, you know, a future phase. Um, so you got to go through some of that. I am really confident it's going to be incredible and it's going to be, you know, essentially to um, a fan's eye, it's not going to look much different than what we had, you know, originally contemplated. And we're going to be able to accomplish the kind of uh, goals that, that we set out to, but you have to adjust, right? And you have to, you know, recognize you got to, you got to work within the current um, construction environment. Nobody has a choice. Um, and, you know, you, you get to a certain point, you got a budget and you need to, you need to maximize that budget at that time. And a big part of that is just getting it done, you know, as soon as you can reasonably get it done because you don't want costs to continue to go up. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's part of the, that's part of really the urgency of this is, is it's um, not only because we want to get it done because we want to experience it for our fans and be able to sell all the suites and club seats and all the, the fun things we get to do. Um, but there's a, there's a responsibility factor of, of, Hey, we need to, we need to maximize these dollars and get the most out of it by pushing this forward. So let's say just big picture. Just want to clarify. Let's say, you get $200 million allocated for you, and maybe you can fundraise some on top of that. In big picture terms, this still would, that, that money would be good enough in your mind to the overall, uh, I guess, goal of, you know, remaking essentially a side of the Liberty, uh, of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. That would oh, still accomplish absolutely. that goal. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to, we're going to be able to, it's going to be dramatic. I mean, <laughs> when you, when you look at what the, that that stadium looks like now and the type of experience they can provide, it is going to be dramatically different. And, you know, we, I've thrown out the word transformational. I really believe that it is, um, it will be. Um, so, so yeah, there's no question. It, you know, maybe, maybe $200 million wasn't what it used to be, but it's still $200 million. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I think it's gonna, I think it's going to be pretty dramatic. Absolutely. All right. Well, as if you didn't have enough on your plate, obviously conference realignment has been swirling, over the past few months. I don't know months. if you've heard, Laird. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard that really? we, we eliminated really? an entire coast, uh, a conference on the, on the other side. <laughs> we of didn't the... eliminate them. We just moved them to the Atlantic. <laughs> even though they have more. And the and, and the Rust Belt. Even though right now they've got more top 25 teams than any other conference um, in football after week two. It's total, well, total football week one. Um, I wanted, now that it's official, your reaction to SMU essentially having to spend, you know, a couple hundred million dollars in – lost revenue slash whatever you want to call it. They, they, they're going to talk around it, but spending essentially a couple hundred million dollars of booster money to join the ACC. Do you worry about the precedent that that is setting potentially? Um, you know, in some respects, I, yeah, I think if you're in my position, you have to be concerned about that. Um, you know, I, I respect the fact that they have the, the ability and, and, you know, to, to do that. And they, they were aggressive. Um, and they're, you know, they're leading with the strength that they have to, to be able to accomplish something like it. Um, but, you know, this, this it, it seems like uh, in conference realignment, you sort of learn something new every time a different, um, a different uh, phase of it uh, is, is complete or, or, you know, you, before you're moving on to the next one the next year or whatever it is, because it seems to be every year there's, there's something uh, dramatic and different. And this one has been different. I mean, the, the, the SMU um, – approach and and doing it that way has been 
been different to see. And, you know, what, obviously with what happened with the Pac-12, that was, that was, uh, you know, uh, uh, unfortunate in many respects, but it was, it was certainly different, right? And we've, we've not seen that kind of, um, conference realignment, you know, it's, it is truly about, uh, realignment and not just expansion anymore, right? It is about different things and you got to be willing to, to, to see that and adjust and, and maybe step back and think about different strategies and how we're approaching it and, and be willing to get creative because it's going to continue to happen. Right? There, there, we're going to continue to see more and more change and we got to be able to, you know, do the things that we're trying to do to adjust and get ready for those opportunities. What were your thoughts on Mike Oresco, a.k.a. the league's decision to not expand West? I, I understood it. Um, you know, we, we had a, a, a good, uh, you know, long conversation uh, or, or two or three about that um, as ADs and, and presidents. And, and in the end, it's just, it's just got to make sense uh, for, you know, for the membership as a whole to, to, to explore something like that. Um, and, and I respect the, the decision and, and, and how, how he and the, the league came about it. Um, you know, each one of those is unique and different based on the timing and based on, you know, the television market and, and so many factors that are involved. And in the end, we, we were respectful and supportive of that. How do you, in, in a discussion like that, how do you balance? I mean, you're obviously trying to do what's in the best interest of the University of Memphis. And, you know, the league, ultimately there's you know, a decision. It's not always the same that the, what's best for Memphis is what's best for the league or you, other league members. How do you balance those interests in a discussion like that as, as the, you know, the head of the athletic department of Memphis, but also knowing you're one vote in a whatever 16-team league, whatever it is now, 14-team league? Yeah. You know, I think we all individually as institutions, you have to, you know, obviously your, your number one priority is looking out for your institution. That's what I'm hired to do. That's what the president is hired to do. So you constantly keep that in mind, but you're respectful of the, the greater whole of, of what's good for, for the conference. Um, it's just, it is, it's a balance. You just got to keep it in your mind and understand it. Um, one of the things I've appreciated about the American though is, is, you know, folks are kind of in reality, right? I mean, they, mm-hmm as commissioner in terms of how he handled this with SMU, he, he, under, he understands it, right? He knows that, that we as Memphis, if, you know, we, we'd love to have an opportunity to, you know, elevate into, um, you know, a power conference in, in different ways, right? I mean, you, you, you want those kind of things, just like everybody aspires to, you know, bigger and greater things. And that's, that's I mean, we all have that, that uh, desire and obligation to, to do for our program. So you just got to keep it in balance. It, it, there's probably no, you know, specific perfect answer to that. You just got to each, each different decision that's made is, is try to look at both, both things. Um, and ultimately, we, we're hired to, to look out for the Memphis Tigers. The other good thing so far for your job is that the football team started 2-0. and and you have an opportunity on Thursday night. What excites you the most about Thursday night? Um, you know, anytime you get on national TV and you are, you know, one of what maybe two two games that are that are on, um, and you know, particularly Thursday nights are known for some time now as, as having, having big college games. So you know, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs, and you know, that's in a lot of ways you look at you know why college sports exist and why we do what we do. A big, big piece of it is bringing, you know, exposure and, you know, marketing brand value to your institution, to your city, and you know, that's a chance to do it. So, so for us, it, it, it's it's uh, it's kind of part of our core purpose, but it's also a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun for for players and coaches to to be on that stage and know that they can perform and 
and you know be viewed by by a lot of folks. So you know we're really trying to hype it up and and do all we can. We're taking of course big advantage of the fact that it's the Navy game and it's military appreciation. So we're going to have skydivers and oh yeah, you know, uh, Navy, and Navy Navy dive tanks and Air Force flight simulators and you know uh, we'll be honoring Gold Star families. We're going to be doing a lot of a lot of fun things that you know hopefully make it really enjoyable for for people to come out and. and it- it looks like you're going to get a great weather night, too. I'm just saying, the Navy should offer the Blue Angels for a pregame. <laughs> and bring them in? That's, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, people helping people here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we need to talk to them about that. <laughs> um, all right, so what? as you wrap things up here with Laird Veach, Athletic Director for the University of Memphis, what is the... With the stadium, I mean, you're obviously, you know, you're, you're getting the message out there that there needs to be urgency here. What is the next step? Like what? What? What will? What? What's next? Are you just waiting on the mayor at this point? Yeah, you know, really, our understanding, at least from the way I understand it, and I don't pretend to know all the specifics, but you know, the city has some important protocols, approvals that they have to go through here in the month of October in order for us to break ground in January. So we need to see those through and 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 get it done. So I, I believe we're getting closer, and you know, we're kind of at that moment of truth. We need to. We need to, you know, step forward and follow through on, on, you know, what if you look at what the the state gave this money for? They gave it for these two projects, and and you know, we we happen to be a state institution that is, you know, supported by our state, and this this football stadium piece is very impactful to our programs right now. Not that both big projects won't be; they will. But right now, based on all the things we just talked about, we 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 got to get this uh, stadium renovation moving forward. All right, last but not least, an actual football question. You're a former linebacker, a decorated linebacker at Kansas State. Is this Memphis defense for real? They haven't allowed a touchdown yet this year. Yeah, they, they are for real. It, it, and that's not, you know, not just based on the last couple of games. Just you, you can tell being around them, um, the, the talent level, the attitude. Um, there, there's just a different different kind of swagger, when, particularly on defense, when, when you kind of know you got something to work with. Um, you know, and just having more depth, particularly in depth and talent in the secondary, it just opens up so much uh, what you can do up front and how aggressive you can be. And, and they're just, I, I think we're going to have a fun year. Um, and a big piece of it is that. Anytime you're playing good defense, you got a chance to, you got a chance to be successful. You got, you know, good defense and a veteran quarterback and, and a lot of the things that are there and a schedule that really lines up well. So there's, there's real reasons to believe this could be a special year. And Laird, if everyone wants to get out there Thursday, where can they go to get tickets? Just uh, you know, go to Go Tigers Go and uh, you know look up tickets. Uh, I would encourage everybody to to download our app. Uh, we're, we're really uh, encouraging folks to get that done, and then make sure for those of you who already bought your tickets, or even if you haven't yet, to download those to your wallet. Download those tickets to your wallet before you get up to the to the gate, so you can uh, zoom right in. Laird, we appreciate your time and your candor. Thanks, Lander. Laird. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Go Tigers. That is Laird Veach, Director of Athletics. It's okay. I think we had a Landers I, Ford. Yeah. I, I combined Laird and Candor, I yeah. think, is what I did there. Mm-hmm. That it sounded like Landers. Yeah. Like, that was a little mm-hmm. awkward, but what are you going to do? Interesting stuff, though, from, from Laird Veach, um, <clears throat> the Athletic Director at Memphis. They're, really, they're putting the heat on. I agree. You know, I don't know if it'll work, but they are. I mean, I, I do think that Part of it is, hey, they've got a timeline, mm-hmm. and they're trying to do so. I do think when you get down to it, both projects need to get done. I just don't know. Like, he's right. 
both projects need to get done. I just don't, you know, like ultimately. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.